This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of christylittlejones.com, episode number 125. This is the final episode in a four-part series about grief. In today's episode, we are talking about the effects of grief on your health. I have an incredible guest today who will share her story of devastating loss and cumulative grief and what she did to put the pieces back together after experiencing the unsurmountable weight of all of it. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Angela Drawn is my special guest today. She hails from Washington, D.C., where she is passionate about serving and supporting families as a family success center manager for a nonprofit organization. Angela attributes her own personal strength, resilience, and success to her mom and the grace of God. She is currently working on her book to be published this spring, and it's called Lofty Dreams and Broken Wings. Please help me welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast, Angela Drawn. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. We are so excited to have you, especially because we are doing a series on grief. And today's episode being how does grief affect your health is, I believe, so impactful because it really does affect all of us. And so thank you for being our special guest and just sharing your journey, your story of how grief has totally impacted all aspects of your life. So thank you again. Welcome. We cannot wait to hear your story. And so with that being said, please take it away. Well, thank you, uh, Chrissy. I'm so blessed to be able to tell my story. You know, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So it's good to know that somebody else may be out there that need to hear these words of wisdom. So I do ask God to you know, just season my words with salt so that the words that I speak will resonate with someone. Um, You know, I had uh, worked at the postal service for years, for about 20 years, and all of a sudden I experienced a perfect storm. Everything happened to me all at once. The job that was lucrative began, began to be really toxic. So that was really starting to impact me, the way I slept, um, the, the way my body was responding to that was like through incredible cramps in my stomach. Um, and eventually my blood pressure started going up. So I was grieving the stress that I was going through at work. Okay. 
and um, someone that I cared about deeply, our relationship just broke off and um, discovered, you know, his infidelity, which was really devastating to me because this was someone that I wanted to marry, someone that I loved. And, you know, the lies, <laughs> the lies just really started to just impact me. I mean, I was just from this, you know, school of thought that we're grown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you like it, somebody out there will love it. So no matter what you want to do with your life, there's always going to be somebody out there that agree with your lifestyle. So therefore you should be honest about who you are and just live that truth and let that, and, you know, and attract those people to you, but don't lie. And so internalizing those lies started to just really bother me. Um, there was a big church split. And so watching the church that I was ministering in split and people taking their size, um, different sides, including me, um, you know, that was starting to impact me. But the straw that started to break the camel's back was the fact that all of my mother's siblings, those who I love dearly, um, who were teenagers when I, were born, I was born, they started to die all at the same time. Um, and at the age of 62, you know, wow. 60, I think 64 was the oldest age. And my mom was the middle child. So she was connected to the older siblings and she was connected to all the ones behind her. And because the younger ones relied on her so much, they were um, very connected to her and very involved with her raising her children. After my parents separated, they were my village. Um, and prior to that, the ones that are old, that were older to her, they were very protective of her. So they were also involved with us. So to have all of them die at the same time was incredibly hurtful to my family. And to be going through all those things at the same time while at a, in a toxic job was just way too much for me mm -hmm. to bear. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it was the perfect storm. I, um, I actually thought I was dying. I thought I was dying. And I felt like if I had stayed at my job any longer, it was the end of me. Wow. And so with no two weeks notice, no anything, I just went to work one day and I just decided I just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I was that sick. I was mm -hmm. that sick. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I left. And so for two years, I had no job. I had no money. I had no, I think I had like 13 cents in my bank account. Wow. <laughs> I had no money. I was pretty much the laughing stock. Yet I was that person that was standing with my mom while she was going through the devastation of watching her siblings die back to back. One would die one month, a month later, another one was dying. So I know many people have experienced that chain reaction. You know, they say it comes in three. It wasn't threes for us. It was back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And it started to affect everybody in my family in different ways. Like we all started to um, just be devastated. And on um, after a while, I started to see my mom, it, it, I started seeing it affect her in a way. And she was a cancer survivor. She had survived cancer in two, um, 2007. And I watched my mom start to really just kind of internalize all the grief and the pain and the suffering of watching her siblings who she took care of just to die, you know? Mm -hmm. But I was my mother's rock. I took care of my mom. 
And, um, and so I was working as a substitute teacher for DC public schools while I was trying to find me another job, which was very difficult because I had the secret that I left my job without notice. So no one wants to hire you if you don't have this glamorous, right. why did you leave story? Right. <laughs> you right. Know? No one yeah. was here. Did you tell your boss, take this <laughs> job and shove it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. And so I, and, and I think that fear was another thing that kept me from really getting a job because I was scared to tell the truth. So I'm just grieving all of this loss, all of this pain and suffering my hair started to gray, you know, at the temples. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God. So it was just really started to manifest in it, in my body in so many different ways. So um, on August 16th, 2016, um, we get, we, I was on the phone with my mom. I was in the room with my mother and she was talking to my uncle who had gotten sick also. And um, he, he had COPD and he was sick of suffering. And um, we got off the phone. I told him that he, I loved him. I went in my um, the guest room. My mom went outside to do something, a work and put something in the trash. I don't know. But when we came back, I mean, she had missed a call from my uncle. And when we came, when she came back in the room, she got a call just like that, that he had shot himself. Oh, and my so gosh. I watched my mother just literally lose it in front of me. And it was my mom it was my dog was going crazy in the house and we had mm. her grandchildren over there. The grandchildren were screaming because my mom lost it. And we watched them take my uncle, um, we watched them take him through the, out of a body bag out of the house. Mm. And it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. And when we went, um, you know, we went through the funeral and my mom, I just didn't think she was going to survive that. And we left out of there and we finally went to the funeral and my, my mother's surviving sister, I looked at her at the funeral and uh, the grief was so great on her. I knew she wasn't going to survive and she was gone by December. Wow. She instantly got stage four cancer and was gone. She was gone. Wow. And how long was that after? August to December. August to December. Whoa. That grief devastated my family. I, it just manifested in her body at such a level that she was gone. She was gone just like that. Wow. She, did, she went to the, hospital, the doctor in September. They ran some tests and they found out she had stage four cancer and she was gone by December 2nd. Oh my goodness. And so that devastated my mom yet yeah, once again. And so um, while I was going through all this stuff, I'm working in DC public schools. And as a substitute teacher, you get no respect. Okay, you have to earn that respect. But mm -hmm. I'm breaking up fights, watching the grief that these children are dealing with because right. I'm in an urban environment manifest in their behavior. Yes. You know what I mean? So I mean, they're throwing chairs at each other, all this drama, all this stress, all this pain, all this grief. I'm internalizing all this stuff at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's still trying to be a rock for my mom, mm -hmm. trying to be everything to everybody, but nothing to myself, mm -hmm. you know? And so 
it wasn't long after that. Um, I'll say that was in 2017. My mother grieved that. And by 2019, November, I say January 2019, my mom's cancer came back at stage four. Aww. And from January to November the 25th, by November the 25th, 2019, she was gone. Oh my God. And so I watched her take her last breath and I took care of her. And so yet again, trying to be everything to everybody, thinking that I'm strong. And because, you know, you and I was talking to each other earlier and I was mm -hmm. saying how as black women, I feel as though our strength is in our DNA because of what we went through with slavery. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we would have babies and our people would go right back out in the field. We kept on doing whatever we had to do, even if they took our children away from us. We, can, we continue to be strong. And so we pass that strength on, you know, throughout the generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we have to tap into another strength. And that's the strength of the love for ourselves, that we have to love ourselves with self-care, that we don't have to repair everybody. We don't have to continue to be the totem pole of the world that we can look out for ourselves and, and heal ourselves because we so desperately need it. Absolutely. That is so, so good. Um, you know, with all of the back to back to back losses, you know, I think it's is very timely in the season that we're in after 10 months of being of a pandemic quarantine people losing jobs and loved ones that they can't even say goodbye to properly. And it's, it's a lot. And the weight of the grief, I believe that the world is experiencing right now sounds, it sounds like you experienced it in your family, in your life and like everything you can think of from family to, I mean, job to money, to a breakup in a relationship and church and your loved ones all at the same time like mm -hmm. how and how did one what was the turning point for you because you like you wouldn't even need to explain why you're not getting up in the morning right because of all of the the weight of the stress of the loss that you experienced so what was it that prompted or moved you to a place of even recognizing that you had to learn to love yourself and what was it that you did even practically how did you put one foot in front of the other you know <laughs> after all of this in a very short period of time it wasn't easy I mean because sometimes you can be depressed and not recognize depression you know, depression doesn't always manifest itself in you not being able to get out of bed. Sometimes it might manifest itself in overeating. It can manifest itself in oversleeping or not sleeping at all, you know, or irritability or, you know, it can manifest itself in a number of ways. And I think I experienced all of those things. But the thing that scared me the most is, um, I had suicidal thoughts yeah. and um, I didn't want to, the pain was too great. And so definitely um, 
my friend Nicole, our friend Nicole, um, she prayed for me because she called me one day and I was so down. Oh my God, I could barely speak. And I just wanted to die. I just, I wanted it to be over. And she prayed, she prayed me through that. And I'm so thankful because I probably would not be here today had wow. she not prayed for me. Um, but even after that prayer, it doesn't mean that I got back up. You know, I eventually started talking to a therapist. And in our community, sometimes that's a dirty word, <laughs> you know, that's right. taboo. But it helped, it helped, it helped, it helped, it helped me understand that it's okay not to be okay. Yes. You know, so it's so okay to 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 want to cry but can't, you know, mm -hmm. but that it's not okay to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my problem. And so I went to counseling and um, over the summer, um, the Lord had put it in my heart to write a book some years ago. Over the summer, I started to um, write my story. Um, and my friend, my, my sister-in-law actually, she said, what is it sis? What is it about you that can't get to where you need to be? I said, girl, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I said, I, I feel like I have lofty dreams, but broken wings. Mm. And she said, that's good. I said, that sounds like a great title for my book. I love <laughs> it. And that's how I ended up writing my book, um, Lofty Dreams with Broken Wings, because mm. things break us along the way. And I'll just say this quickly. Um, I, I still thought I was okay because, you know, I wrote my book. I ended up getting a new job. I, I got a job where I actually helped other people put their lives back together. So I'm thinking everything is great. Oh, I didn't tell you my house was in foreclosure. I forgot to tell oh, you that. Oh my goodness. So right. My house wow. was in foreclosure because I didn't have any money. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I, I thank God for my therapist because I was, like grieving the fact that I wasn't strong enough to stay at my job. Mm -hmm. And he changed my perspective and said, how about you celebrate the fact that you were strong enough to say when enough is enough? Absolutely. I was like, oh, wow. he, said, you can, he said, you'll get another job. And he said, that fine, your finances will come back. He said, but you got to change your perspective and stop looking at things that's negatively happening to you and dwelling on that. And started to start to look for the silver lining in your story. Start to celebrate yourself. And so I said, I get it. And I said, I understand all the practical things we're doing. He said, well, you know what? Those practical things help us stomach the bad things. And mm -hmm. I said, what is that the goal of life? The stomach stuff? <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, we need to, I know people talk about the difference between joy and happiness but you do need some happiness in your life, yeah. okay? I need something to happen to me to make me feel like I'm okay. I need a W because I had all these L's. You know? <laughs> right. so, w is a win, listeners. I had a win. An L is a loss. <laughs> so I got the win with the job and I thought everything was great. I, my house came out of foreclosure. Thank God I got enough, you know, all those things wow. started to be put back together for me. Um, but... I still wasn't okay because I still had all of those in turn, I internalized that pain 
And so the icing on the cake was I could barely walk up the steps earlier this from the summer, probably all the way up to maybe about a month ago. I could barely walk up the steps. Um, I couldn't sleep. I had like real bad muscle pains. And so I'm thinking that I had fibromyalgia. I'm like, oh my God, something's wrong with me. And my friends was like, girl, you need to go to the doctor. And I went to the doctor with the history of my family with cancer and all these other things. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Something has got to be wrong with me. And she told me after she ran all my numbers that there was nothing physically wrong with me. She said I had PTSD. She said it's all the grief and all the pain and all the suffering that I had gone through that was trying to work its way out my body. Mm -hmm. So yes, grief will manifest itself in your body. And she told me not only can it manifest itself in your body, it can actually kill you. Yes. Wow. Wow. That is so strong. So post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, mm -hmm. that oftentimes we, um, we kind of attach PTSD to maybe um, veterans, military people, not necessarily like average everyday workers. Like we go through things, oh, this is just stress. Like, I think it's really important to highlight that grief can be so magnanimous, so heavy mm -hmm. that it could literally manifest as post, as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which can even be so heavy that it can kill you. Or maybe it's just, it is so, um, I think it's, it's, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series because it, grief is something that affects all of us, but it's like, we don't really talk about it. We don't talk about it. Like you said, because it's the taboo, like mm -hmm. I'm definitely in the process of looking for a grief counselor and looking for the different tools that can help me even in my process of healing, um, the loss of my father. And it's just, I, I want to, you know, it's kind of like mental health is trying to get to a place where we can talk about it and not be embarrassed or ashamed of it. And like you said, it's okay not to be okay mm -hmm. and, and, and being vocal about it. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you learned in your journey? Um, you went to counts or you had a therapist, what mm -hmm. other tools or strategies, things that you learned along the way that have really helped you that you can identify like this really helped me because I know for me it's only been 23 days right mm -hmm. and so I um sleeping is one of those things that's difficult for me mm -hmm. like to sleep eight hours is just something that I haven't had in weeks and I miss it but I just you know, okay, I might as well get up and do something productive and as, as opposed to tossing and turning. So what are some of the things that you've learned that you can share with our listeners? You got to understand that there are stages of grief, you know, and that oftentimes if you're, and those stages are secular, they're not always going to come like you think, like anger is a really big part of it, you know, denial, like you just can't believe this actually happened to you, you know? 
um, uh, acceptance, you know, depression. Those are stages of grief and you're going to go through those stages. And you have to be careful with that depression because that depression is like, it's a chameleon. Like you may not know that that's what you are, that you're experienced depression as a result of it, because it, like I said, it doesn't always manifest itself in the same way. And so for me, I've, I tried to be like, fill myself with laughter because laughter is good medicine. So if you have a friend that can make you laugh, I say, give that person a call. <laughs> exactly. If it's a show that makes you laugh. I say, laugh as much as you can, because it's going to re, um, you know, release certain endorphins in your body, you know, exercise. My, my doctor recommended yoga for me to help like stretch my muscles to release some of the stress out of my muscle. Um, massage. Massage is a great way to release stress out of your body. Um, you know, making sure you also kind of change, making sure you're mindful of your diet because certain things can create certain, um, I guess, reactions in your body that's food related, you know. And definitely talking to someone, journaling, and just making sure you have concrete support. That's what I tell a lot of my um, clients that work with me, like, who's your concrete support? Like, who do you know that if things got really bad for you, that you could go to this person and talk to? And it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of people. It could just be one solid person that you know that's got your back and yeah. Sometimes we in this Facebook or Instagram world, we're so caught up on how many friends you have or how many followers you have. But if you get one true friend in this lifetime, you are doing mm -hmm. good. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I agree. Um, my dad used to say that all the time about one true friend is is truly a gift. Yes. Um, this is so helpful because I think one of the things that you said about the concrete support. I believe is something that is such a, it's such a fundamental piece of going through the grief process into on your way to healing. Because um, again, I think people are maybe, I don't know if it's embarrassed or ashamed of grief. I don't know, but a lot of people are going through grief alone and very lonely by themselves. They're not really expressing, um, the, the, the hurt, maybe because they can't explain it. I know sometimes it's difficult even for me to explain how I'm feeling, um, but how do you gain that concrete support? What do you say to someone? What do you, you know, like how can people who don't really have that get it? That's a great question. I mean, like I say, therapists, a therapist can be a support system to you that, I mean, unfortunately, there's a cost that come along with it. But, you know, if you want friends, you have to be friendly, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes we can turn people away that have good intentions and that have always had your back, but because it doesn't come in the package that you think it's going to come in, you think that they don't have any value. Yeah. And you just have to open up your eyes to look at the valuable people in your lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might have to, that might have to, have to come with an apology, you know? You know, I turned you away, or I was nasty to you, or, you know, I, 
you know, whatever. Now's your turn. You know, yeah. now's your turn. You need help, and you realize that you got rid of your whole support system because you saw things from a a uh, distorted perspective. Yeah. yeah, that could have also been depression. So good. So and it good. could have been trauma. The trauma. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about adverse childhood experiences in my job, and your adverse childhood experiences. They call them aces those aces shape the way your life goes. Yeah. Yeah. Aces are for real. They really are. And this is, um, and you know, can you, the trauma of even addressing that coming back up, right? So there's triggers that of course bring back certain memories that could send you in a downward spiral again. How did you handle those? I mean, I still work on managing that, you know, Um, just identifying it and, you know, recognizing common denominators and getting to the root, not just trying to pluck the fruit of depression, like what's the root behind Mm -hmm. your things. And so when you see that coming to you again, then you understand I need to develop my ability to respond versus reacting. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you can react and reaction takes you back it pulls you back in, okay? Those That's triggers so pull you back in. But having the tools through therapy you is, is one way to learn how to do it. Now, how would you respond to this? Um, like, what is a better way? That's what I used to tell my kids when they would beat each other up in school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand that you can beat up everybody in the class, but do you have to? Right. <laughs> so you know but giving us um learning that and you have that answer what is what would been a better way for you to respond because pride tells you oh i don't play that oh they got the wrong one but that's gonna lead lead you to a space in your life where you don't have a concrete support Mm -hmm. and so you have to be very mindful that if you're going to develop resilience within yourself, you can't put up a concrete wall to push everybody away, particularly people who's coming to you with love. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, if you if you've never received love, you don't recognize it when it has come to you. Absolutely, absolutely, that is so good, so good. So where? Um, where are you in your book and when can we expect to see it and support it? Super exciting stuff. Well, I hope, hopefully I'm in the last editing phases of my book. So um, it's gotten back from the editors. I have to read it again. I have to send it to the publisher and they may send it back to me one more time. Hopefully not. And then after that, I will have a date, but it's a fun book. And it talks about growing up in, um, uh, in DC. Um, I have James Brown in my book. Wow. (laughs) So so I've tried to put um, just stories of growing up in the Washington DC area and having a Southern background. Cause even though I lived in DC, I had country family members. So (laughs) 
Right, we all have a little bit of rock and roll. Okay, that's (laughs) wonderful. Yeah, so hopefully by the spring, it'll be um, no later than May. My book will be out. I'm so excited about it. That is so exciting. Such exciting stuff. And so any final thoughts or words of encouragement to leave with our listeners in who are at the time and still in this pandemic, still dealing with loss, the weight of grief and so many different areas. What are your, your final words of wisdom? Trouble doesn't last always, you know, but tough people do, Mm. you know, and, um, you know, just know that weeping may endure for a moment, but joy will come in the morning. And I am somebody that has done a lot of weeping, a lot of weeping, but I have seen joy and I'm seeing joy. So just build the resilience, you know, know that, know that that comeback is in you and um, just open your eyes for your concrete support and, and appreciate it and celebrate it and be grateful for it. And don't, you know, don't be a turtle hiding in your shell, telling everybody that you're okay when you're actually not. Wow, so powerful. Thank you so much, Angela. I so appreciate you. How can people connect with you or stay connected so they can hear when the book is coming out? Where should they go? Well, I'm starting to build. Um, I am Angela Drawn on um, Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm going to actually, I'm not really an Instagram person, <laughs> but my publisher told me you better get out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I am Angela Drawn and I will start to put like snippets and stuff of my book out there, particularly closer to the release date. That's wonderful. So Instagram, Angela Drawn, we will definitely connect with you there. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story. We cannot wait to read more details um, in your book about it. You've been just a joy to have as a guest on the podcast today. And again, thank you so much for your example of continuing to take one step forward because like you said, trouble doesn't last always. Thank you so much, Chrissy. It's been a pleasure. Wow, what a powerful story. I wanna just take a moment to recap what we learned from Angela today. Number one, laugh. So important for you to laugh, do things that make you smile, that bring you joy and laughter. Number two, exercise super important for you to continue to move and exercise through this time of grief. Massage is always wonderful to release and just relax and release the stress. Therapy, so important to get grief counseling or some type of therapy. Even I understand that art therapy is very helpful and successful with people who are grieving. Diet, really important to drink water and to make sure that you're eating healthfully, that you are recognizing and aware that you haven't eaten today or what have you eaten. So make that a priority. Journaling, get your thoughts out on paper. So important. Talking to others, reach out to people who've offered to help and support you during this time. Even talking about your loved one or talking about how you're feeling may make you feel better. And then lastly, gaining concrete support. So reach out. There are a ton of tools out there that are available to help you 
Do not suffer in silence. If you're not sure if you're battling with depression during this time of grief, reach out to someone, ask a close friend, reach out to your doctor. Even they have behavioral health specialists that can help you through this process. You do not have to suffer alone. Thank you so much for listening to this series, this four part series on grief. I'm so grateful for all of the people who just shared their stories and were inspirational and shared their tips and how they managed to make it through grief. Some are still dealing with grief. And it's one of those things that we learn how to how to embrace daily life. We may never get rid of the hole in our heart for the loss of our loved one or our marriage or a child or the com just the compounding love the compounding grief that that so many people are experiencing right now during this season of pandemic and quarantine and so the hole may always be there, but if we can learn to apply these tools to know how to deal with everyday life and and not avoid the process, the necessary process of grief on the way to healing, then we are moving in the right direction. And that was the point of this series to talk about it, to not hide from it, that we can do this together if we link arms and share our stories because they're, they touch some aspect of all of us, which makes us human, which makes us one and makes us just the, the power of oneness is so beautiful. And so thank you again for being with me on this series, talking about grief. And I appreciate your listenership more than I even have words to say. So thank you again so much. And I look forward to seeing you, connecting with you and you hearing from me next week. Same place, same time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, or just maybe it made you feel like you were not alone. And so thank you for joining me. If we are not connected yet, I would love to connect with you over on social media, on Instagram at wife.wisdom. And we can connect there. Please DM me how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you, how it has supported you, how it has been brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of the testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. And if you have not already rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so. You would just go to iTunes. You could go down to the very first episode where it will say, write a review. And so by writing a review, it helps other women who are looking for the Wife Wisdom Podcast to find it. And so please rate and review our podcast and it helps other people to find uh, our, our different episodes. So again, thank you so much for not only joining, but continuing to share this with your family, your friends, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next week.
The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.